Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Twin Picks podcast. My name is Dan. My name's Nicole. And this is a movie-based podcast where we talk about two films based on a theme. This week our theme is Kerry Mulligan movies and we're going to be talking about Promising Young Woman and Shame, the movie, not the emotion. Uh, after that, we'll announce our theme for the next episode. And the final section is Stitch Up, where one of us has to watch a terrible movie. Uh, usually it goes to a vote on Instagram. And last time, our wonderful Instagram listeners voted for me to watch Harry and Meghan a Royal Pissing Romance, <laughs> uh, which I watched. And there is evidence. Actually, there is evidence of There is evidence. Because, um we did something i've done something a little bit different for this week's stitch up review yeah (laughs) Yeah, so um stay tuned to hear what we've got in store later on but anything goes mate how are you doing yeah i've been all right i um i was out with the um locations one of the locations uh girls uh, a couple of weeks ago and she's like oh we're kind of recording in this area so she pointed out where our locations were going to be for four different sets i was like oh cool got it out of my system because it's kind of nice to be able to see where yeah. you're shooting and what what you know this this is going to be I don't know a pub scene or or whatever so mm. that was really cool and it's nice um, to get some context yeah yeah it's just like oh this is why I'm paying invoices for these locations or you know these props and oh this this is going to be for this scene at this location yeah so, um, yeah, that was really cool. And then something really awesome that happened on the weekend. Um, the trailer dropped for a TV show that I worked on called Flyers, mm-hmm. and it's coming out later this month, and I'm so excited about it. It's a six-part anthology series based on the 2019 to 2020 bushfires that we had here in Australia. Um, right. Yeah, okay. and massive cast. Like my um, my boss ha- was dealing with cast, and I think we had over two hundred so called main cast in a way. Even though you know they may have done just like a day or so, but massive cast. So there's like Eliza Scanlon, Hunter Page Lockhart, Richard Roxburgh, Miranda Otto, Sam Worthington, Anna Tov as. Sullivan Stapleton, Kate Box, Noni Hazelhurst are just like the beginning of the massive list. And Dan's looking at me like, I know maybe two people out of that list, but massive. No, that's that's not what cast. I was thinking. I was just thinking oh. how many fucking honey wagons did you have to order? <laughs> <laughs> that's honestly what was going through my mind. What um is that dropping on a particular streaming network? At the moment, I in I know locally it's gonna be on ABC iView. Um, but I might I might message the producer and just ask whether they've made if it's going to go internationally somewhere or on a different streaming service. But I will review it when it comes out in the yeah. later this month. Dear uh, producer, please. <laughs> could you no, it's take it. It's sending <laughs> us screener for fires for us to watch ahead of time we will of course uh, review it and be positive yes uh, and feel free to add a watermark to the screen <laughs> yours faithfully forever for the rest of time Trevor I've just drafted you a little note to send to the producer brilliant thank you I was going to send her a text message but that's all right (laughs) that's probably the easiest option (laughs) awesome that's exciting I can't wait to see it mate I hope, I hope it's available um, over here pretty soon. Yeah. It was um, – so it's t- Tony's Airs production. So I mentioned so many times on this podcast, Stateless, which is now on Netflix. 
at least here in Australia. Awesome. What about you, mate? How have you been? Not too bad. Very, very busy, as you know. I feel like that's kind of my catchphrase at the moment. It's just whenever anyone says, how are you? It's just, <laughs> I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy doing things. I've got to go here. I've got to go there. I've got to go everywhere. And the main thing was moving. And I had one day where I did like two, I did two loads, but it's like a 45 mile journey so i did a couple of hundred miles that day driving back and forth to the to the room and, and the house oh, in yeah. south end and i carried up my sim racing rig my big plasma tv uh which weighs a on your time. own on my i did it all on my own you see that you see that dvd shelf that blu-ray shelf behind me i carried that on my own up two flights of stairs bullshit <laughs> bastard heavy fuck off you did not carry that by yourself <laughs> i did i did honestly uh, mate oh wait I empty they first, some... obviously they... yeah oh obviously it was heavy <laughs> yeah i know but there's no way you'd carry that but you would have someone else assist you you're stirring me up mate uh, i know you are i'm not i promise you i'm not <laughs> no i just did it because you know what i'm like I, I, i'm a bit I just want to get on my stuff and you don't do want, it. You don't want anyone uh, to help you. You just want to do it on your own. No, which may be a fault. I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, so I got it all in. And um, you're probably right. Probably it would be better if someone did help me because it, it was kind of one of those days where just, not, not that everything went wrong, but I just had a few moments like, oh, another thing. So I, I bashed my knee on the side of the bed and that's fine. That's like, <coughs> that probably happens once a week. <laughs> anyway but it really hurts I, I cut my finger on a box and i put a luckily i had still had some stuff left over from surgery so i used some um some plasters left over from that thank you nhs um <laughs> plasters are band-aids by the way because people might not know what plasters are or bandages it was a, a surgical um whole human hole covering yeah uh, blood restrictor no brand names I also did that thing where you're carrying a box and then the bottom of the box gives way. That also happens. I fucking uh, hate when that yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah. I overfilled the box. It was too heavy and the bottom gave way. Luckily, I was just getting to the car, so I didn't have far to go between um, locations. Did you tape the box, the bottom of the box? Yeah, yeah, it was taped, oh, but I just obviously just hadn't taped really it really full. Yeah, it was really full. Um, the last thing that happened is that by the end of the day, I'd got all the stuff in the room. Uh, I'd kind of had a shift around and starting to get it how I like it. And I thought I'll open up all the windows on both sides, let the air rush run through so it's nice and fresh, do a bit of a clean mm. and stuff. So it's all nice and I can relax that night. Um, and then it pissed down with rain and it was that kind of sideways rain. So the rain uh. came through the window and it was like it was raining in my bedroom and the very screen oh, that I'm watching on right now was covered in rain. Yeah. So I, I think I ended up putting on a, a podcast or something and having my headphones in. So I couldn't actually hear the, the, the bastard thunderstorms that were going on <laughs> around me. And it was proper coming oh. down. And most of it went in my bedroom. Was your bed wet? <laughs> it was, but um, it's, it's nowhere near the window. So I've, I've been doing a lot of stuff, actually, and I've, obviously I've had my, yeah. my vaccine and stuff, which we were talking about earlier, which I won't bore everyone with everyone with now, but I'm all topped up and ready to go and give me that vaccine passport, please. 5G running right through you. I, I tell you, <laughs> I'm not even joking. Since I had my second vaccine, my internet coverage has been so much better. Like, I can watch, I can go on MySpace in Norwich if I want. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Tom sent me a message and he was like, hey, I see you've got 5G now. It's <laughs> like, yep. Do you remember Tom off MySpace? Yeah. So your first friend that you get on MySpace. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. so funny. Well, he seemed like a nice dude. Oh, do you know what he does net for a living now? No, what does he do? Well, me and Sarah looked him up the other day and he's a photographer. Um, oh, he seemed, seemed like a nice bloke when he used to pop up on my feed on MySpace, so I hope he's doing all right. I hope he sold MySpace yeah. for a fortune and, <laughs> and could buy as many white T-shirts as he wanted. I think I've still got my account somewhere. Mm. It would still be out there. I kind of don't want to find my account. <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Oh, it's very... Uh, when I was a teenager, I think. Yeah, I suppose it was. Oh, the days. Early internet. Dial-up speeds. Yes. Oh, yes. Dial-up speeds. MSN. <laughs> um, but we've all got it injected into us now, so we, we won't need to choose our provider anymore. Except for our, me. Our pro- provider will choose us. Yeah, but not for long. Not for long. A few, a couple of days, I'll have the first dose of 5G in me. Join us. Join us. Join, join the club. You're not allowed to fuck <laughs> all unless you've got the fucking vaccine in you. <laughs> yes, it's a choice. You can do whatever you like. Don't get the vaccine if it's what you'd prefer yeah. to do. Do not get it. But you can't do anything. You can't go to a library. You can't go to a fucking nightclub or get a beer or do whatever or go on holiday. But you don't yeah. have to get it. It's totally your choice. It's got a bit political, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Right. Anyway, what have you been watching, Dan? <laughs> I watched Young Guns 2. I watched Young Guns 2. Young because Guns I fucking love... 2. I love Young Guns 2. It's my favourite Young Guns movie. Guess how many Young Guns movies there are. Ooh. The way you say it like that, maybe like eight? No, there's two. But Young Guns 2 is the best Young Guns movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's an 80s action western. It's a bit silly. Bon Jovi did the soundtrack. Oh, God. You've put me right off it. (laughs) (laughs) Are you not a Bon Jovi fan, Nicole? (laughs) I had a friend who loved Bon Jovi when I was... In high school, and I think living on the prayer, I think that song I just can't, I can't listen to it. I just <laughs> cringe every time. I was like, no. Nope. <laughs> oh, it's a, no, it's not living on the prayer. There's that other one. No, they all sound exactly the same. They're all the same. You gotta hold on with your heart. Yeah, it is that song. Yeah. Doesn't make a difference yeah. if you make it Ugh. or not. Oh, I, like, I don't mind Bon Jovi. It's fun. I'll make um, you watch New Year's Eve. He's in bon- He's in that movie. I don't want to watch him. I enjoy his soundtrack work on Young Guns 2, but that's about it, I think. But yeah, I watched it and I loved it because it was the last film that I watched uh, in my old house. And it was a house that I kind of... It was my nan's house. So I kind yeah, of... Cool. Uh, that house has yeah, always nice. been around, like, as long as I've been alive, my nan lived in that house. So I wanted to watch something that kind of reminded me of my childhood in a way, and so it's something that I watched a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. And when I, I watched yeah. Young Guns 2 a lot when I was very, very young, and I loved it. And uh, it was it was really nice to watch, because it's just recently dropped on um, a streaming platform, and I've been dying to watch it for ages. Yeah. Um, and a Blu-ray's too expensive, so I haven't bought it. So when I saw that popped up, I thought, yes, this feels like fate. And I enjoyed every glorious moment of it, including Alan Rock playing Henry William French. Uh, what have you been watching? Um, I've watched a couple of series on Amazon. One of them is Nine Perfect Strangers. There's only five episodes out currently for that TV series. I think... Some of the crew that I'm currently working with worked on that series um, and they mentioned that it goes up to eight episodes. So um, Nicole Kidnam, Mel- Melissa McCarthy uh, series. Okay. You haven't heard of it? No, I, I haven't. You're not really a TV no, I No, I'm not, but I usually sort of know what's coming out just because I spend all my time on streaming platforms. It's really a big cast in mm. it. It's about nine strangers that go to this like health resort to, I don't know. Get healthy. Yeah, more healthy, but also it's, it kind of almost looks like a cult. It's a little bit, it's not just like your regular health resort yeah. that you're, you know, having some juices and, you know, doing a bit of yoga and oh, there is a, there's a bit of that, but it, um, Marsha, who is uh, Nicole Kidnam's character, she's the head of this uh, retreat, but she's had a, she has a weird past, and like she she used to be some Russian, big Russian person, and she died, and then she suddenly came back to life, and because of that, she's created this wellness center, right? And everyone that comes to this wellness center comes out of it. 
I think it's either nine or ten days after as a different person. I know a few people that should probably do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's only been five episodes so far. The last one just dropped yesterday. So, um, okay. yeah, I'll finish it off and let you guys know what I thought of the whole series. If it's if it's a spoiler, don't yeah. answer this question, but has it got a kind of a sci-fi angle to it? No. Okay. I wouldn't say so. Why do you ask that question? Well, when you said that she dies and she comes back oh, to I life, I was thinking, oh, is there some either like mystical reason or some piece of technology or time travel i don't know that's where my brain goes to what can i tell you i think i think someone revived her really to be honest but (laughs) all right (laughs) cpr i watch modern love on prime as well which you'll you'll be like season two just came out which i quite like that series because it is based on true um stories written I think from the New York Times, one of those oh, yeah. newspapers in in New York, and they're not like a typical love story that you know is shown on the in the cinema or on TV shows that you know you break up and then you work it out and come and it's all happy after, happy ever after. Mm. It's good. I I really like this season two compared to season one. Yeah, season one was based kind of in New York, where season two is partly based in the UK, partly based in, in the US. Yeah. And John Carney did, I think, the UK episodes, which I I think I enjoyed all of those apps. Okay, cool. I, I've, um, I've got a couple more films to talk about. Uh, I don't know if I'll get to them. But what I do want to mention is the Marvel animated series i've been watching cartoons nick i've been watching some cartoons so on on disney plus they've released the marvel what if shows and it's kind of like an alternative i don't know have you heard of these that have have come been released yeah cool no that's awesome yeah it's like um what if black panther became star lord and what if the avengers all died before interesting the events of 2012 when they battled the Chitari under Loki's command. It's, it's fun. It's good. They're, <laughs> they're like 30 minute episodes and they're a bit of fun. And uh, recently the, 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 the lastest one, the latest one is, is Dr. Strange and mm-hmm. it's about him and his kind of alternative storyline. And it was really good. I think mm. number four was my favorite. If I was to watch this series, would I, would you feel like you need to have some better knowledge of the marvel series to understand what has been written written about i I think so because by the very nature is what it's called what if so by Mm -hmm. by its very nature is you're meant to be comparing it to what you've already seen so you're like oh but it's this thing that i've seen before but slightly different and also in cartoons Mm. so yeah i guess so i think if i watched it without having any or much knowledge of the mcu and all of that stuff i think it would just be another cartoon. It's good because they can kind of do whatever they want, and they they got a lot of the cast back to do voice work for the for the yeah, for the cool. cartoons and stuff. Not everyone, but they they got some of them, and they're like thirty minutes long, and they're easy to burn through, and it's quite enjoyable. So I'll just watch that. It's another five episodes to go. Have you got much else? Uh, I've only watched. Uh, I watched a bunch of Kerry Mulligan. Uh, movies and TV shows. So I, I was just going to list what I'd watched. So I watched Collateral. I watched that TV series. The whole thing? Yeah. It was like five or six episodes. It was pretty easy to watch. Didn't overly love it. She was she was quite good. She was the detective in the yeah. in the program, in the TV show. Um, so I watched that. And then I also watched Wildlife because I wanted to know what that was about. Um, I watched An Education because it's the first ever movie that I've watched of hers and mm. I still enjoy watching it. Okay, I've got a couple more films. I watched Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and that movie does not hold up very well. I re-rated it to three stars on Letterboxd, which is what I rated The Fast and the Furious. So I, I, I put Temple of Doom <laughs> at the same level as Fast and the Furious now, which is kind of depressing in a way. But I was yeah, watching yeah. it just thinking this is a bit of a painful experience in, in some respects. You've got Indiana Jones doing his Indiana Jones stuff, which is great. And you've got short round doing his short round stuff, which mm-hmm. is great. And then you've got Willie who's screaming for the entire movie. And she's just not a very good character. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched bad trip 
with Eric Andre, which is kind of a prank style movie, which was all right. It was very funny in places. Um, overall, pretty fun experience. I watched. Remember when back when we did our sports episode, uh, and we 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 were choosing sports mm-hmm. movies, and I think maybe this was on your list. Whip it, yeah, with, uh, Elliot Page. I watched that at the weekend with Sarah because she uh, obviously she owns it on DVD because she owns every single movie ever made. Yeah, I enjoyed it, mate. It was it was quite good. It was it was quite a kind of a standard coming of age stroke finding yourself uh kind of story but it was quite fun and mm-hmm. there was a good cast drew barrymore juliette lewis Kristen wig um yeah good i enjoyed it i thought it was i thought it was quite good and you know what the last two movies that are on that list i didn't love so i'm not going to talk about them I'm going to leave them because I don't want to be negative. Cool. So are we all done then on section one? We are all done on section one. Awesome. So let's move on to section two then, which is the Kerry Mulligan bit. So as Kerry Mulligan was your choice of theme, um, I believe and I hope that you've come up with a little topic intro for us to do or for you to do. I don't know what's happening. Are you explaining I or are you have. testing me? What's going on? <laughs> no, I'm going to explain to you. So... Last my my evening, Dan's morning, I sent you a message with a list of Kerry Mulligan picks. You did. I've got six lines of dialogue, and each of them are from a Kerry Mulligan film. So you just need Ooh. to guess out of that list which one it could be. Okay, so you're going to do it in character. Sure. Are you ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready and I'm steady. Oh, ready, steady, go! All right. My neck my first line of Hang dialogue. on, I'm not ready. <laughs> um, okay. Ready? Yeah. Hey, I said what are you doing? Yes, promising young woman. Yes, correct. Yeah. Alright, my next line of dialogue. All of my life I've done what men have told me. Well I can't do that anymore. I think that's Maud Watts from Suffragette? Yes, correct. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. That's uh, it now. I'm not going to get any others. No, you should get this one. Drive. Um, no. <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> did I put drive on the list? I can't remember. You did, if yeah. I, put drive on the list. Oh, I should have It's not it. one of the answers then. <laughs> what do you mean? No. Um, okay. Next one is Hey, it's me. Pick up. Pick up. Oh, okay. Shame. I remember that line. Yeah. It's probably her first line of dialogue in that film. Yeah. On an most answering definitely machine. I do, I do believe it was around about the time where Michael Fassbender was, was waving his massive dong around our face. <laughs> 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 that could have been happening in that scene. Well, which time was that? I hear you ask. Because there were many times. <laughs> I don't remember any of nudity in that film at all. Oh, I do. I remember every 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 second. <laughs> um, the next one is yes, but with the war coming, they couldn't embark upon any new ventures. <sighs> yes, but with the war coming, they couldn't embark on any more adventures. The dig. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I like this quiz. <laughs> Number five. I want to wait till I'm 17. On my 17th birthday, hopefully. Okay. I'm going to take a punt. I'm going to say an education. Yes, correct. How good at this Kerry Mulligan quiz. Yeah. Let's see if you can get this last one. You might. For a full house. For a full house. You don't get anything out of it besides just getting six out of six on a quiz. Glory. That's all I need. Okay. Hit me. Hey, you know what they call trees in a forest fire? Fuel. Oh, I'm going to say, you know what I, you know what they call trees in a, they call it fuel. Um, <laughs> wildlife. Woohoo! Yes. Really? Six out of six, mate. Yeah. <sighs> oh. I think that, is that a first? Full house? I think that is a first. 
Full house. Oh, you get it. Well done. No stitch up advantage for you. Oh, bollocks. If that's that was going to be my next you. question. All right. <laughs> Oh, good quiz, mate. I enjoyed that. And I like, I especially like the way that you sent me nine films when you had six questions. So you sort of threw me off the scent. And I still got 100%. Yeah. So I think that says that I'm brilliant <laughs> and I'm the biggest Kerry Mulligan fan of all time. Oh, um, all right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> shall we talk about our first movie? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess what we kind of have accidentally fallen into on the Twin Peaks podcast is talking about our least favorite film first and i think let's carry on that tradition for this episode and not spoil it but let's start with shame shall we what do you reckon i reckon that's where i got my notes well i actually watched promising young woman first because i couldn't wait to watch it again if i'm being honest Mm. so i'm just going to scroll down to my shame section which is a phrase that i use daily shame it came out in 2011 it was directed by steve mcqueen who also directed widows and 12 years a slave and before that he directed hunger with also with with michael fassbender which i've never seen but just scrolling back up to my synopsis oh my computer's frozen this is this is a bad time it's 102 minutes long the synopsis reads brandon a 30 something man living in new york eludes intimacy with women but leads oh god did this last time. Put right? your glasses on, mate. <laughs> I'm get my glasses. I'm get my glasses. Stand by, everyone, while Dan gets his glasses. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> Stand by. Right, here we go. And I'll lean in as well. I'll lean in a bit further. So Brandon, Ooh. a 30-something Ooh. man living in New York, eludes intimacy with women, but feeds his deepest desires with a compulsive addiction to sex. When his younger sister temporarily moves into his apartment, stirring up bitter memories of their shared painful past, Brandon's life, like his fragile mind, gets out of control. It stars uh, Michael Fassbender as Brandon, Kerry Mulligan as Sissy, and James Badge Dale as David. As his boss. Yeah, I think it was his boss, but um, really it was just those two. And for the most part, it was it was Michael Fassbender. Ker- Kerry Mulligan had mm-hmm. a very important role in it. And she was in it more than anybody else. She was definitely second billion, which I think is what we discussed last week. Yeah. For me, this movie was, I would describe it as an experience. Because it was, it was dark, it was dingy. It felt a little bit Mm -hmm. like a David Fincher movie to me. It made me feel a similar way to what Fincher's movies usually do. Fincher's movies often make me feel a bit grimy and dirty, like Seven and Fight Club and Alien 3. Um, and this made me feel a similar <laughs> way because it was kind of depressing in a way because it was about this one guy. He was definitely on his way on a downward spiral towards heavy depression and a kind of detachment. And I thought that Michael Fassbender portrayed all of that stuff perfectly. Like I thought he was absolutely brilliant in this. It, it might be my favorite Fassbender mm. performance, even, even more so than Alien Covenant. Oh, there you go. Um, and, and also, I mean, he does bear all as we discussed earlier. He's not shy, is he? That, that, that man. Yeah. It's about sex addiction, but more addiction in general, I think. And yeah, I, I thought it was a good film and kind of disturbingly, I found his character quite relatable in that in his, yeah, less about the sex addiction, um, but, but also, <laughs> yeah, I, was just, I don't know this about you, Dad. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to dance around this as carefully as I can. Not the sex addiction, but more, <laughs> more, more his kind of detachment. And his willingness to yeah. not engage with people. And he's quite happy to be on his own yeah. and not have people around him. Mm-hmm. And I, I related to that. He's very well. introverted. Very introverted, yeah. And he just wants to do his own thing. Mm-hmm. Quite awkward at some t- at some points as well. Like the, the dinner date that he has with uh, a colleague, super awkward. If that was me in her position, I think I would be like, yeah, nah. Oh, do you think so? Oh, at the start, at least on the on the way on his journey way home, yeah, he was alright. Um, but he was really yeah. awkward in a way at the start. I was just like a bit arrogant. He, 
you're right. He was, it was kind of awkward at the start. And I think because he was quite, uh, well, he was a bit weird at the beginning with the girl on the train, but, and I thought, I, yeah. I don't know what this character is. I wasn't quite sure what his character was, but then when he had the date with his colleague, as you say, yeah, you're right. It started awkwardly, but then I thought, oh, well, actually it was actually quite charming after that. He was honest about what his intentions mm. were and he wasn't into relationships and stuff. And I think the date actually went quite well in the end, surprisingly. Um, Mm. But I guess for me, that was kind of another, that was a kind of piece of frustration because that's him. He can be a normal human in the world and interact with people. He just either chooses not to or sometimes is just really bad at it or whatever. But he is capable of it. So I did enjoy that Mm -hmm. scene because it did show him being somewhat charming. I guess. Yeah, I really enjoyed that scene, actually. That was one of the scenes that probably stick out to me. There was a lot of graphic content in this, but it did not feel sexy. Mm-hmm. Not at any point did I think no. it was sexy. It was just grimy, and I guess what it was intended to be, a bit of a study on sex addiction and how awful that can be. And, um, you know, if you if you start going down that rabbit hole and it becomes too much then yeah it can get quite out of hand i guess okay so the one thing that i didn't care for in this film was towards the end of the film it's kind of set up so that brandon is kind of escalating he's uh, engaging with sex workers he's trying to uh, attract women on the underground he's going to nightclubs he's spending a lot of time on trains and he's not shaving and he's all like he's looking like he's depressed or whatever but the kind mm-hmm. of climax and the point where he's meant to be at his lowest, he goes to a gay club and he gets a blowjob from a dude. And I didn't think, and, and like it kind of built up to that scene and clearly we're meant to think this is the worst of the worst. Like, oh, this is him at his bottom. And I thought there must have been mm. a way to do that differently because, it, I mean, he spent a bit of time with a dude. Who You know, who cares? Who cares, yeah. It's exactly the same as what he's been doing the whole way along, just um, having meaningless encounters with people. So I didn't quite care for that, but I thought the rest of the film was excellent. My heart dropped when he was on the way home um, and then the train stopped and I was just, I felt sick to my stomach then because I knew something happened to his sister. Whether I wasn't too sure whether she had jumped in front of the train or what the end outcome was, which um, he ends up, he realises at that point that something's happened to her. They had a really um, tough argument prior to him, to the last time he had seen her, um, and he and then he's constantly trying to call her and then obviously didn't hear anything and then rocks up to his place, finding her in the bathroom um, full of blood. She ends up being okay, but that was like... My yeah, I felt really sick at that point. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was a really well made film. I'm glad I've watched mm. it now. I don't think it would be something I would watch on repeat. I think I'll. I think I'll give it another go at some point. Um, I did enjoy it enough to to watch it again. Uh, maybe not soon. Maybe in the next couple of years or so. But yeah, I thought it was a really yeah. good movie. I thought it was a, a really good representation of addiction in general and how things can get out of hand quite quickly and also this as i mentioned before the kind of the study of detachment and the effects that that has on somebody and their relationships with other people um nine out of ten i thought it was a really good movie mate i'm gonna give this an eight out of ten awesome if you give this a nine out of ten what is promising young woman gonna be if that's the better film holy shit well oh yes well that is a bit of a teaser i guess maybe we should move on to promising young woman then our second kerry mulligan movie the kerry mulligan movie yeah i would posit and i can't imagine anybody else playing that role maybe that's something we'll talk about i don't know um so Promising Young Woman came out in 2020. It was directed by Emerald Fennell, a first feature. She wrote it too. Oh, there you go. So the tagline on Letterboxd reads, Payback never looked so promising. And the synopsis reads, A young woman haunted by a tragedy in her past takes revenge on the predatory men unlucky enough to cross her path. 
very simple synopsis there. I remember seeing the trailer for this and I thought it was going to be something else. It, this movie is not what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a what kind of... What do you think of, it was going to be? Like a, like a kind of re- revenge Massive. thriller. Like, Massacre. Um, yeah, I thought there was going to be violence and stuff in it. And when I watched it, I was blown away by it. And I, I spoilers, I really like this movie. Mm. But it's just not yeah. what I was expecting, which is a good thing, I think. So it stars Kerry Mulligan as Cassandra, Bo Burnham as Ryan, Alison Brie as Madison, and Clancy Brown as Dad. While we're talking about cast, one of the things that many things stand out about this film to me, um, one of them is the casting choices of the dudes uh, in this film and the guys that she picks up from the clubs because she's that's her thing. She goes to these clubs and she's pretending to be drunk to attract predators. Mm-hmm. And the first person that she attracts after they've done the the, the male groin rubbing intro. <laughs> that we, we were watching earlier. Um, it's on the background here. Dan has got, we were just about to start the podcast. <laughs> and then the, the groin scene just came over like, oh yeah, to get this groin, the background. <laughs> yeah, that's a great opening. Um <laughs> but, but but just after that, she attracts Adam Brody, who was I've never seen the OC, but apparently he was in that, and he was sort of a nice guy yeah. in that. The next one is McLovin, mm. and the next one is Sam Richardson, and and ultimately Bo Burnham, and a few others as well. But the, all of the dudes in this film that have a prominent role in the story, they were all kind of known for or associated with a kind of nice guy persona, kind of harmless attitude or image and mm-hmm. i thought that was that was a really good way of casting those people as we said before she's attracting predators and they don't tell us how long she's been doing this for but she has a little notebook where she keeps a tally and it suggests that she's done it a lot like there's loads of people in that book and there's indentations on the following pages and stuff like that so i think that yeah she's done this a lot so when she was at college and she was studying there was this thing that happened with her friend nina her friend was raped by someone who appears later on in the film and she ends up committing suicide and that's kind of the event that sets Cassie on this path and she's I guess trying to attract the predators and tell them like no this is what are you doing this is not right you should it's be doing not this. okay mm. this is not okay yeah and she does it brilliantly and what I really liked about it is that she's always got a plan she's always in control and I, I feel like even well she I feel like she definitely knew that potentially she could be in danger, but I also think that that was kind mm. of part of her plan, in a way, for her to sacrifice. Well, yeah, herself. she got rid of her. She got rid of her number plates, and she had already sent uh, a mm. letter to the previous attorney for Al Monroe, who had um, raped Nina, her friend. Um, just to give him a heads up saying, you know, if I disappear, this is where I've gone and this is what's happened kind of thing. And I think everyone should watch this film. I think it's a very educational film for men and women. Whether And it's not necessarily that, you know, men are always the the bad person in this situation. It The roles can all, most definitely change. Um, but I think it's very important that people watch this and just maybe change their mentality on how they approach certain things or um, if they see something that they should they should talk about it. Because I've I've been in situations before that have made me feel uncomfortable. Um, and you know, just simple things like a guy buying you a drink and then thinking that, you know, they can take you home because they've bought you a drink. Like, that's not okay. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's really, it's really bizarre. Just like simple things like that. Um, but, yeah, I I watched this uh, on the weekend and I s- still was so captivated by this film. And I'm glad that I've bought it because I'll I'll watch it over and over again. Yeah. Um, well, I am. I, yeah. um, I pre-ordered it for Sarah 
and it, it only recently came out on on disc in the UK about a month ago. And so it arrived and I took it right. to Sarah's and was like, there you go, I've got this thing for you. And then I immediately took it away and was like, oh, I've got to review this for the podcast now. So I borrowed it. Off, off, off <laughs> but yeah, it is great. And I, I agree with you. I think everybody should watch this film. I know I also agree with you that it's not necessarily a male problem. It's predominantly a male problem, like mostly mm-hmm. um, for, for yeah. us dudes to think about how we act and just be a bit more considerate i guess um, but also like culturally so it's just not not just dudes it's kind of attitudes in general i guess like there's a few times there was a few times in the film where they i think they were kind of disregarding uh nina's abuse by saying oh you know she was drunk and she, you know she should have yeah. expected it they demonstrated it well in the film with the um the principal mm-hmm. of the college or whatever it was played by Connie Britton. And we, yeah, that's what uh, I was about to say. Yeah. Cassie went to see her and was like, what the fuck? Why didn't you do something? And she sort of went, yeah, but you know, I oh, know, but you know, look at him now. Yeah. It's just a cultural thing. And I think a lot of the time people's revelations can be dismissed because of, Oh, it, they were drunk or they're not of sound mind or something like this or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, it's a really difficult subject to, to talk about in a movie. It's 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 tragic. It, it's a tragedy, but it's funny as well. Like it, there are loads of times I laugh in this movie. I think it's very darkly comic. So the scene where um, Cassie, the first time that she um, she goes home with Adam Brody's character, like that bed scene, she's like, you know, what are you doing, Emerald Fennell? She kind of like got the idea from that scene and then just wrote the whole series after uh, the whole series, the whole movie after that, after right. that scene. And when you watch that first scene, you're like, you almost think that she's killed him because then she she's walking out. She's kind of, as they say, the walk of shame and she's got like a source down her arm as those like it could be blood, for example. Yeah. And then getting harassed on the road because, you know, she's doing the walk of shame. And then she gives those gents the death stare and then they, they're like, oh, you know, fuck you then. Mm. But if, it, you know, if it was, if the roles had been changed, it wouldn't be those comments being said. There, no. there probably wouldn't be anything being said. No. Yeah, I, I really liked that quote unquote walk of shame scene as well because... I remember the first time I watched it, and as I said, like I watched the trailer, and I thought what I was going to get was a bloody revenge movie where murders happen and and painful mm. deaths occur. And you, you don't; it's not that at all. And um, I remember watching it for the first time, that scene, and thinking, "Oh, has she killed him? Hasn't she killed him?" And uh, having seen mm. the film a couple of times now, no, she hasn't killed him. That's not what she does. She's not. No. She's not a killer. It's not, she, they don't explicitly tell you in a film, but after a couple of other of her encounters, I think that she's just trying to highlight these things to people. And hopefully, hopefully people show some remorse and they're sorry and they see the errors in their ways. Like um, the lawyer, you mentioned a lawyer earlier. That actually is one of my favourite scenes is, is when she approached the lawyer and she's like, oh, you defended yeah. the rapist. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I remember that case. And uh, I think, what's his line? Um, you've always got to pay the bill or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Uh, and he's repentant and he's very sorry. And he actually is instrumental in uh, the final act of the film. The scene in the background is when um, one of her colleagues, uh, mm. one of her, someone that one of the girls that she went to university with is coming back and she's show, she gives her the tape of what Nina and what happened to Nina yeah and this is where she finds out what um that Bo Burnham was was witness to this to this thing as well who she's been dating which is heartbreaking because they, they it sets up for like an hour it sets up like this romantic connection between the two and he's nice and charming and funny and then she sees the yeah. video it's like you, you fucking knew about this thing. And then he does, he, and then he turns a bit weird. I liked how it ended as well. It's not what I expected. I don't think it's yeah. what anyone kind of expected in the film. So she ends up going to the bachelor party and handcuffs him to the bed. They're, they're alone together. and Yeah, because she's tried to track down the, the, 
Nina's the, the guy that assaulted Nina. Yeah. And I'm not sure whether she was going to maybe cut his dick off or she's going to, you know, maybe cut um, Nina's name in his torso. I'm not sure what was exactly going to happen. Um, but as she's about to do something, he, one of his handcuffs come off and he ends up killing her by putting a cushion on her on her face and she's not able to breathe. And then, yeah, the next day they burn her body to so they can't, there's no evidence of, of her being there kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then in the end, the, because she left a note to lawyers, he ends up going to jail. Well, that's what you, you hope. Yes. Well, they've got... Um... I guess at that point they, they know where her she was just her body was disposed of. I guess like mm-hmm. open and shut case, yeah. isn't it? Like just send him I mean, to jail. But I guess you know if you you're a, a white dude with a lot of money, then I guess there's a good chance you will also get off of it. It was a fitting ending. I can't see this ending any. Well, it would be a different movie if it if she'd lived and killed that guy. It would be a different movie. I think the ending was yeah. pretty perfect for it to just land that f- final punch. You don't expect it, as you said, yeah. and it just it just it kicks you in the dick, man. And, and I just I didn't I didn't see it coming, and it, it would stick with me forever. That scene where the two guys are standing over the her burning body, oh, yeah, beautiful. and you almost and also like when she's been strangled, and and the next day she's on the bed, you almost think like. Is she is she actually dead? Like you almost you don't want to. You hope that she's she's still alive, and yeah. she's just like I know. Yeah. Do you know what I think that I think that's why the fire scene really brings it home for me because you're right. When he's got his knee on her neck, the whole time I'm thinking, mm. oh, she's going to get out of this. Like she's going to stab him in in the, in the side. She's going to somehow get out of this situation. And then when you see her body burning, it's like fuck. She's she really is gone. And it's probably important to show this as well because in those circumstances, it's not always that, you know, the woman or, like, the person that's getting abused gets out of it because it's not always, you know, she's going to be fine kind of thing. These these things happen. Yeah. I know certain news stories that have happened here in Australia and they stick in my mind. So, yeah, I think it's really important that that's how the film finished and how how her yeah. storyline ended in this film. God, this is really depressing. Well, it, I mean, it is, but it, uh, it is, yes, it is. It's a, it's a very serious subject matter, but I felt like it was handled beautifully. I can't think of anyone else that I think would have done a better job in this film, both writing and directing. And also I couldn't place anyone, anyone other than Kerry Mulligan in, in the role. Some people have mentioned about potentially margot robbie because margot, margot robbie. robbie was a was a producer on the film right and um some yeah. people sort of said oh maybe she would be better in a role and i couldn't disagree with that more i think kerry mulligan was absolutely brilliant i think margot robbie almost would have been too much it needed to mm. be a more of a regular kind of person in a regular scenario i think and um one thing actually just going back to that final scene is you know where after she's died and then you see that she's pre- prepared text messages to send to Ryan ahead of time and stuff like that. That whole end sequence, yeah. they're playing that song, hey, you're a darling angel. It's a terrible rendition of that song. Yeah. I found that really interesting <laughs> in it actually because having gone back and rewatched the film for a third time on mute but with subtitles on, there's a very beautiful looking scene where she's kind of sitting in a room and the room's just lit by her laptop and behind her is her bed and it's got like these kind of wing looking things so when it goes mm-hmm. dark it's just a silhouette and she looks like an angel and i've and i noticed that on my third view and, and i thought well that's a mm. brilliant piece of foreshadowing there the more i the more i think about this film the the, the more i more respect i have for it and um i'm kind of getting a bit sick of just saying how fucking brilliant this movie is to be honest mate but it is it's a fucking masterpiece and it's an instant classic in my opinion yeah what a what is your what is your rating on this film it's not a 10 but for now it's a 9.5 what, yeah um, what are you thinking, i've given it a 9.8 
I, I wrote wow. it down. It's a brilliant film, mate. It's a brilliant film. Oh, and I'm kind of knackered after talking about all of that. <laughs> we need to talk about what our, our next, uh, now next topic is going to be, which is now on to you. It's back to me. As you did Kerry Mulligan, it's back to me. And I'm choosing uh, randomly Amazon mm. versus Netflix movies. Yeah. I'm taking Amazon UK and you're taking Netflix Australia. Yeah. And we're going to do what we usually do. We're going to pick three films each and then we'll let down to the final one for the next show. Um, but something a little bit different. We did Aussie versus Brit films last year, which uh, yeah, was a lot yeah. of fun. And also it's kind of a gateway to open up many choices of films. Like there's <laughs> yeah. so many you can choose from when you do stuff like that. So, And it's streaming services we know we both have and they're definitely available. We don't have to do all that bollocks where we're looking at letterboxes. and say, oh, is it available for you? Oh, yeah, it's on Stan. Yeah. Next week, Amazon versus Netflix movies. So don't forget to tune in then. Uh, I, I guess, I guess we've got to move on to the final section. <laughs> Which, yeah, it's fucking stitch up in it. And I got stitched up royally. I got stitched up yeah. royally, pun intended. <laughs> and I had to watch Harry and Meghan. A Royal Pissing Romance. And it's a fucking Lifetime movie. And you bastards voted for me to watch it. And you fucking chose chose the film as well, Nicole. So I blame uh, you more than anybody else. But. <laughs> it looks um, so good. I haven't seen... I think I've seen the Will and Kate version. So you, you watched one of these willingly. Oh, this was like years ago like when they back when they got married so I would have been very young and I was just like oh this is so shit but this would be perfect right earlier on I said that we've done something a little bit different and we have so what I did was I sat down to watch this movie last night and Mm -hmm. almost immediately like within (laughs) within 45 seconds I was talking to my television on my own in my bedroom and I thought I'm going to record this so I recorded myself commenting on the film while I was watching it. So that's the setup done. Harry and Meghan, <laughs> a royal romance. <laughs> I think I'm just going to insert my six and a half minute clip now of me yeah, fucking really. commenting on this movie. So over to me. Bustling city of London. Trendy Harry with his trendy little beard. Having a boogie woogie. Not the bad boy that he is. I'd hoped after the Nazi uniform and stripping down and showing off the family jewels in Las Vegas, we were past all this. Well, what's my supposed to do? Never have fun. He is the best boy. Three of our press officers. Be fair. Down Maybe of all time. Thank you for that, Robert. Of course, I didn't do history. Thank God your grandmother didn't see. It would have killed her. I'm a grown man. I should be able to live my life outside of this royal bubble. Yes, you should, sir. Guys, oh, fucking piano music ever Hi. stop. Hey, Hello. Yeah, I'm, I'm Harry. Yeah, I've been on a lot of blind dates. Pretty much all of them bad. Well, let's see if we can break that streak. Ah, and so the romance begins okay, okay. with a clink of a glass and then a one, cup of two, tea. Yes, you are. <laughs> Did you see when Morgan Freeman did that poem? Beyond this place of wrath and tears, there is but the horror and the shade. Yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. That is not how strange it is. A charge with punishment is strong. And there it is. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. See? Insert was out there. Learn a poem. Sorry, you went to Disneyland? Mm-hmm. Were there like five thousand secret police yeah, there? Yeah, it was, was mum's idea. She wanted us to have these uh, normal experiences. It would <laughs> suck if you couldn't go to Alton Towers. 
<laughs> I can't believe I'm watching this. <laughs> Nicole, you are an evil person. talk serious uh try being a ginger in england why are the harry potter films so unrealistic why because a ginger kid has two friends <laughs> what did the ginger make for dinner what? reservations for one Aww. okay last one what do gingers look forward to later in life i don't know what gray hair obviously <laughs> i've never heard any of those Sorry, jokes i, like I don't know if that makes me sheltered kind of funny Except people used to say I couldn't really be my care. father's son because of this. This is from the Spencer's Oh, I want to be watching Young Guns 2. Why can't I be watching Young Guns 2? Oh, I've got to put up with this nonsense. For the record, I've always had a thing for Renan. Of course you have. Is that so? Love time, it's the love time, baby. Oh, Harry's wonderful with children. He really is. And he's That's good with children <laughs> too. Mm, he's a cat. Bella, was it? Please, call me Bella. But there Bella. is a catch. Buddy, I think you're slime. Oh, why aren't I watching Robocop? This isn't a fairy tale. This is a soap opera. Hang on a minute. You want to tell me about it? Have you read anything? It is. About it's family? a fucking soap opera. This is what you've made me watch, Nick. A soap opera. Looking for your lifetime movie. Garbage. And that's fair. Where are we going? Going Magaluf. How was your day? I couldn't be Oh no, how are we going to afford this place? <laughs> I'm not kidding. Who's this watching this movie? All the producers today, this is my last Who's watching, well, this me. Why? Because I'm watching it, aren't I? There's one more thing you need to do. What's that? Meet my granny. Oh, he means the queen. <laughs> stock footage, stock footage of someone driving into Buckingham Palace. <laughs> oh Lord. I'm told you're an actress. <laughs> yes, ma'am, I am. She's really talented, Grant. Are you involved with that program, The Crown? No, ma'am. Oh, good. And I won't have to throw you in the tower. Let's do a love montage. Walk on the hills and reach the heights of love. I've got a flower for you. You're my darling. I love you. Let's play together with the little doggies. And it's a royal cake and have it gets out in the rain. That's jarring. They've got stock footage of the real Harry and Meghan. Taken by the paparazzi that they were criticising in the movie, I assume. It's a nice little layer of irony. But it is jarring. I've just been watching other people play these people for an hour and 36 minutes. So what do you reckon? What's your thoughts? What do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> they were my thoughts. Those were my comments. They were my genuine uh, comments at the time, in real time, of Harry and Meghan, a royal, a royal romance. Thank you for that. I really, I really enjoyed your thoughts yeah. on Harry and Meghan. Well, it's sufficient, isn't it? Because it means that we don't have to talk about it for very long now, and you get a, <laughs> a genuine, real time kind of reaction from me about the movie. It was fucking terrible.
<laughs> I don't think I mentioned that in my commentary, glorious. so I'm just going to say it was fucking terrible. <laughs> it's the I, and I, honestly, it's like Human Centipede Two was mm-hmm. fucking awful, but this was probably the worst. Wow! It was just shit. A soap opera, clinky clanky piano music the whole way through. Zero Army of the Dead. So good job, mate. Good job. Uh, I really think that that was an inspired choice and i wish i had something equally as painful for you to watch (laughs) um now that i've done my bit it's over to you because i think that you put the poll on didn't you for the next for the next choice for the next episode we we need to find out whether or not you're watching captain america 1990 or i'm watching the hidden hand alien content alien contact and the the hidden government oh oh the world's fucking longest title. <laughs> the Hidden Hand, Alien Contact, and the Government Cover-Up. I voted, obviously, for you to watch yeah. Captain America. Mm-hmm. I put the vote on really late. I put it on a Sunday, which was, was like, I was intentionally, I was going to put it on during the day, my day, thinking, oh, you know, it wouldn't really um, play out too much for you in the eve- your morning. Um, but I that didn't work. And I think I'm realising now that no one's probably on Instagram very late on a Sunday because there was only a total of four votes and they were all for me. hundred percent. hundred percent. Really? Yeah. I know I voted for you. I, I know that <laughs> I was with Sarah at the time. Sa- and she Sarah voted well. twice. <laughs> I'm not a fucking idiot. <laughs> no, she didn't. No, she didn't. What do you mean? Sugar, sugar and Vice voted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an idiot, mate. I'm not unless it's unless it's her um her colleague who voted on her behalf. It, it was Matt. It was Matt. Fucking Matt. Yeah, and then pilot season was the other. <laughs> I don't know what they have against me. Pilot season. What's going on? I thought we were friends. <laughs> I think people, I think everyone just wants you to watch Captain America 1990. Oh, brilliant. But, like, out of the two, it looked like my film looked worse off, but clearly not. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that you should say that because I looked up the hidden hand, alien contact, and the government cover-up. And, um, mm. honestly, it's probably the sort of thing that I would watch anyway. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, God damn it. It's, it's, yeah, it's like a weird pseudoscience documentary thing right so like i'd be well interested Mm. in watching that not necessarily buying into it but it's interesting stuff but anyway (laughs) that's for another time because i'm gonna have to watch it at some point because our new rule is that when you choose a film it stays on a list it just stays on and as you're gonna be watching captain america 1990 i've got to replace that with something else so Mm. uh for the next poll i'm choosing a, a film for you what is called cool cat saves the kids it's not by the talking what was that film I had to watch with the cats? Oh, yeah. Was uh, it called A Talking Cat? A Talking Cat. Yeah. A Talking Cat? Yeah, it's not that. This one is about a human that wears a giant cat costume and he just hangs around oh, with children. Oh, really? That doesn't sound great. Oh. I think it, it's like it's a that kid's... That doesn't sound it, great. <laughs> no. It does not sound lovely. Yeah, it's a kiddie yeah. it's a kiddie thing. Like it's a ki- it's a kiddie thing with right. like children's television program type thing. But I believe it's a movie and it's available and I've got a link that I can send you when that gets uh, chosen by our wonderful listeners. Cheers. And I really love our listeners. I think our listeners are some of the finest people <laughs> on the planet. Awesome. So next time Stitch Up is on you, mate, you've got to watch Captain America in nineteen ninety. And uh, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this movie. Mm. I might even watch this. If okay. I get time, I might watch it too. Cool. And that's it, I think, isn't it? We're all done. Yeah. So should we wrap it up? We should wrap it up. Um, really appreciate everyone listening. If you would like to vote for Nicole to watch Cool Cat Saves the Kids on our Instagram polls, you can do at Twin Picks Pod. You can catch up with us on Twitter at Twin Picks Pod. If you want to support the show, you can do it at kofi.com slash Twin Picks Podcast. The best thing that you can do... If you don't want to do any of those things, share an episode with your mates. Like we've said this before, like 
you might have like Brian, your mate Brian might really love car chase movies. And you're like, hey, Brian, they're going to talk about the Fast and the Furious in this episode. You'll I love it. I fucking love that film. Oh, I fucking love Fast and Furious. I love it when <laughs> Vin Diesel headbutts a human. It's fucking great. Um, yeah, send it to Brian. Like, And we do, because we do a different theme each episode, I would gamble my left bollock that there's someone in your address book that, that would appreciate one of our episodes. So send it on. That's all we ask. And if you don't, then you can never listen again. Yeah. Them's the rules. Um, where can we find you? Oh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Chikanaka or Nika Creative. Awesome. So, again, thank you very much for listening. And now it's going to be a slight fade into our outro music. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>